Hello, I'm Marina Johnson, and this is Table Work, a TAPS podcast series where we interview the artists and theater makers behind our productions on what it takes to get their productions from the page to the stage. This episode features Maria Zarita Antiveros. Maria is a second-year PhD student who is directing a play as part of the upcoming Grad Rep. Grad Rep is a project meant to showcase the work of our second-year graduate student artist scholars. Today we discuss Women of Sand. Hi, Maria. It's so great, and I'm so excited to be with you today to talk about your grad rep piece. Hi, thank you for having me. Let's start by talking a little bit about just what the name of the piece is and giving us a short description of it. Sure thing. The play that I'm doing for grad rep is called Women of Sand, Testimonies of Women in Ciudad Juarez. It is a documentary theater piece uh, written in 2000, that premiered in 2002, uh, and it was put together by the playwright Humberto Robles, but it actually has texts by Antonio Cerezo Contreras, Maricela Ortiz, Denise Dresser, Malu Garcia Andrade, Maria Hope, Eugenia Muñoz, and Juan Rios Cantu, who all of whom are um, activists or um, people that have directly been impacted by the themes of the play. And so it's documentary theater. Um, there's poetry, there's um, prayer, and there's stories of people and so all of these were written like written by somebody else and then Humberto Robles the playwright put them all together. Wow and so you knew of this existing text already that was put together from these other texts. Um, I'm curious have you seen any of the other texts um, in their forms like do you have you seen what they look like separately or just what they look together in this play form? Um, Well I've read some of the poetry uh, by one of the poets that is brought into the piece and um, who, who was a political activist that was detained and incarcerated and who he just got out. But um, I've also heard some of these women speak uh, either on podcasts or um, on interviews on TV. But And there's, there's one that is an excerpt from a letter, but I haven't really... Um, sort of like seen these texts outside of this play in the same way. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I, part of me was asking because I was wondering, like, are these texts that the audience needs to be familiar with? And it really sounds like, no, uh, this play is making them accessible for the audience in ways that they might not have been accessible otherwise. So that's absolutely a real draw um, to coming in and hearing about this piece. And so because it's documentary um, and so it's using these existing pieces, um, I'm curious, what in particular made you choose this piece? Is it because of the topic of the, the piece? Is it because you're interested in documentary style in particular? We'd love to hear more about that. Sure. So Women of Sand is a play about femicide and the femicide crisis that is happening. This one is particularly set in Juarez, where there was a really huge wave of, fem- wave of femicides in the first um, couple of, like in the last couple of decades. But the crisis of femicide is one that's not endemic to Juarez, and it's present and really brutal all over Mexico and all over Latin America. Um, and so I chose this play because I've been, I mean, I'm, I'm from Mexico. That's where I was born. That's where I was raised. That's where my family's from. And I, like, for the largest part of my life, I was a woman living in Mexico. And these were things that, like, were big concerns of us. Like, oh, make sure like to take certain steps to always know let someone know where you are to avoid certain places because um the statistic right now is that 10 women are murdered in mexico every single day um when the play was written it was two 
And so we are really, really at a crisis point. And so thinking about why I wanted to choose this play is because I wanted to talk about femicide. I said, you know, grad rep is a wonderful opportunity for me to grow and explore and try things as a director, but also I am aware of the fact that Stanford is a big name. And I'm aware of the fact that really incredible people are at Stanford and like people that can go on and make policy and create technology and become um, like humanitarian activists. And so it was important for me to bring this piece and to bring this conversation around femicide to the Stanford campus, because I think that there is a level of violence and there is a level of sexual violence on campus that is not often described or not often talked about as much. So there are um, intersecting themes between like campus life and also this play. And I think that um, it was just really important to me. Uh, it almost felt like a duty to talk about femicide and to talk about what's happening in my country now that I'm in this very privileged position of getting a doctorate at Stanford. No, that makes sense. And it's so great. I mean, what a way to use theater to really raise awareness and to bring something to people's attention, especially people who, as you mentioned, are in positions where they will likely go on, uh, as we know, uh, our, you and our, our colleagues are doing great things and will continue to do so. So um, that's really an admirable thing to bring to the stage. Um one of my questions is, I guess, like, what are you most looking forward to in the exploration of this process, whether that's in the rehearsal room, uh, whether that's in maybe some of the conversations you're having with the cast in or outside of rehearsal? Totally. I mean, I think that there's two main things that I'm very excited about. The first is that this idea of um, like theater for social change, or even just like if you go back in theater history to like epic theater, I feel like we read a lot about theater makers and, and thinkers that posited this idea that theater should move an audience and should inspire somebody to go out and change their society. And so it's really exciting to have an opportunity to just do that and actually put these tactics in practice. And so it's been really exciting to bring Brecht into the rehearsal room and to talk about, you know, what is Brecht in acting or like, in which ways is this play following epic theater? In which ways is it not? Are you inspired? Um, what is a better way to affect, uh, to have like an emotional effect? Is it through demonstration, through um, more traditional types of acting? So intellectually and like research wise, that has been really exciting for me. Um, but then the other thing is that it's been, I think that the the core of this play is about hope. Even though the play can get dark and even though the play, even though we don't stage it, we talk about sexual violence and we talk about murder and we talk about mutilations um the core of it at the end of uh scene 10 there is a line that says uh one of the women say if says if my uh if my hands don't work let my words take action um and there is another piece at the middle of the play in the middle of a prayer that says lead us not into temptation of hopelessness and so i think that when we're dealing with such an intense humanitarian crisis as is uh, the femicide crisis in Mexico and in Latin America, it's really easy to become hopeless and it's really easy to think about or, or turn away and, and try to distract yourself or something because it's really intense. And so when these women are telling these stories, because I should clarify the texts are um, mothers and sisters and cousins telling the story of how they're family member was taken from them. These are the texts that are being collated into this play. So when thinking about why these play, like why these texts are being said and why we are telling these stories, it's not from a place of horror or gratuitous violence. It's from a place of hope. 
it's from a place of we're trying to memorialize these stories. We're trying to keep these women's names in our mouths and we're trying to um like for for a woman to lose her her daughter and then continue to fight there's an incredible temptation of hopelessness and to choose hope and to choose to continue to show up and tell these stories is really meaningful and so when thinking about for me it's like femicide and in the uh, circles that I'm in in Mexico where we talk about things like this but there's huge humanitarian crises going on right now there's a genocide going on in Palestine in Sudan in Congo we are seeing constantly in social media dismemberment and death and it's 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 so easy to like tune out and the question is like how do we keep going how do we keep hoping not because we like not because hope is like a willy-nilly woo happy feeling but like to choose to take action, to choose to continue to fight as a, as a political act. So hope as a political act. And so exploring that theme and hearing what everyone has to say, like from the cast who's incredible to designers, to collaborators, has all just been really exciting. I love that. I mean, hope as a political act. I think sometimes hope like self-care and other things can really be taken into these ways of like to have hope means to turn your eye, turn a blind eye to something so that you can, you know, only focus on yourself and it can feel really about the self. But this is really about hope and community, which I um, love and uh, appreciate so much um, and makes me so excited to see this play and to be in the audience for it, um, for this collective care of hope uh, in solidarity. Um, I You just mentioned designers and I'm curious... Uh, with, you don't have to spoil anything you don't want to, but what would an audience member maybe expect to see from some of the design or what maybe uh, instead of see here? Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. I have some incredible people working on the team. Uh, Claire Munting and Mikaela Hawkins are doing incredible work. And so um, essentially the conversations have been around simple and gestural and meaningful. And so I don't want to spoil too much about the set, but rather than having something hyper-realistic, it's like, how can we gesture at city? How can we gesture at desert and nothingness? And how can we gesture at memory? And so um, in the with costumes, the, the play designates that the um, people dress in black and white, but then what does it look like to bring in an element of color? And what is the meaning of bringing an element of color at that particular point in the play? what is um color is so important in the latin american feminist movement uh we have such strong associations with like the green bandana as like the fight for abortion rights the purple bandana as um the new namenos movement for the movement against femicide um and so it feels like a homage to all the people that have that are out in the streets doing this work to be able to bring in the elements um of, and the meaningful ephemera that they have created and incorporate them into a theatrical language. So that's been like a, an incredible thing to do with design. Wow, definitely. And thank you for sharing that with us. I didn't, I wasn't familiar with what these associations for color uh, meant in this context. So that's really great to hear. Um, and then in addition to designers, of course, you're working with actors and you've talked a little bit about the rehearsal room. Um, can you share a little bit about what the rehearsal room has been like so far with these actors? Totally. So I think because the play has an, um, because the play has strong content, which again we are not staging anything because I, I just don't think it serves a play. But we are we do have very graphic descriptions of violence sometimes. So the the way that I've been approaching the rehearsal room is 
let's make it into a space that feels like people can take risks and make choices, but also to know that they can take a step back and take care of themselves. And so um, even though the content of the play is heavy, the rehearsal room has been wonderful. Um, it has been uh, like we laugh and we smile and it feels like a really supportive place to be in where we can just come in and check in and then we start sharing things about our own experiences growing up in patriarchy and like oh here's this um Rebe, one of our wonderful actresses shared things that she remembered from catholic school and thinking like oh that's something that i didn't even know and and so bringing into it it really feels like everyone is bringing their full selves in a way that feels brave and in a way that feels hopeful and so it's really been exciting to to work with these incredible collaborators and to be in a, a space and learn from them. Wow. No, that sounds, I mean, wonderfully fruitful and also great that it's not just, I mean, the play is, is talking about hard things, but it doesn't have to be a hard process. Exactly. Um, that you're focusing on hope and emphasizing these other things. Um, I'm curious, and it's a question I love and hate as a director, but it's the reason I ask the question is, is there something that you want the audience to take away from this piece? Is there a particular moment or line or even just um, an awareness, I guess, is something we've talked about already. Um, but yeah, just what, what might people walk away um, thinking or feeling? That's a great question. I think that because it changes so dramatically with every process, but for this one in particular, it's a very active uh, want that I want from the audience to... Um, walk out of the of the piece and not just go back to their lives or like go and stream Netflix, but think about, you know, think about the women of Juarez and think about the, the women that are being murdered all across Latin America. Um, think about, you know, what is, what is something I can do, especially because a lot of the um, murder is being facilitated by um, large American corporations that have factories in Juarez that don't pay taxes. And so, I'm hoping that when the audiences walk out of the piece, they can see that our struggles and our oppressions are interconnected and um, feeling, I don't know, the, the weight of patriarchy here at Stanford, like you, you have sisterhood and you have sorority in Mexico. And at the same time, what can we do for them? Um, and so I'm hoping, I'm hoping to, I'm hoping for the audience to walk out of there wanting to do something, but also knowing that hope can be a political act. That's wonderful. Um, and I mean, you just mentioned the corporations that have a, a, a complicity in what's happening too. Um, are there ways that people who are either listening now or who are seeing the show can find out more? I'm assuming the play, if the play sounds quite poetic um, and like, like those things are not necessarily outlined in the play. I don't know if a program or if there are other ways that people can um, find out more about what you just were mentioning. Totally. So um, a lot of the activists who wrote the text, the one who's, um, who lost people and the ones who didn't but are active in the feminist movement um, have created an organization that specifically aids the Madres Buscadoras or the searching mothers as they look for um, their murdered and disappeared women. And um, when the play opened in 2002, all of the profits went to them. And so this is a nonprofit play. We don't charge anything, but I'm, um, I will in the program, like for me, essentially what the program is, is like a couple of steps of like, okay, you saw this now, what can you do? And so I'm also, um, hoping like I'm waiting on an email back from Amnesty International to talk about it a little bit more. Um, 
there are ways to pressure corporations and which ones I can put all of that in the program. There are ways of um, taking direct action. But honestly, even just remembering is an act of direct action in this case. Yeah. Oh, thank you. It's always, as an audience member, I love to know sort of what I can do in addition to, as you mentioned, just being present, uh, bearing witness, and uh, knowing something that you didn't know before um, is is an action in and of itself. Uh, before we wrap up, I wanted to ask, is there anything about Women of, Women of Sand that we haven't talked about that you're excited to mention or that you think someone listening um, before they come to grad rep might uh, want to know that we haven't touched on? Um, I guess something I wanted to talk about is that uh, this production is not isolated and that this is like a pearl in a large necklace of uh, productions of this piece. This is the most represented uh, documentary theater piece about fem or piece about femicide period in the world. It's been staged all around the world. It's been translated to multiple languages. It was done in Argentina. It was done in Taiwan. It was done in Australia. It was done in Germany. And so what's really moving to me is that like these, um, the stories of women in the play, like Erendira, like Micaela, like Natalia, are remembered all across the world. And so when thinking about this play and the specific cultural specificity of it, I am very proud that we're putting on a play by a Mexican playwright and um, that we have Latina folks in the cast and I'm a Latina director myself, but this piece is some, about a lot more than just that because it's not just representation, but it is like, how can we find the specificity of, these, of the Mexican culture and also know that this is something that resonates all across the world? Excellent. That is a wonderful note to end on, Maria. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful to hear about Women of Sands, and I can't wait to see it. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a pleasure.